His Love Christian Fellowship is excited to share this podcast with you. We hope you enjoy this message. James a lot, but never even saw it with finances or, but it's everything, isn't it? Be nice if you could just feel the heat on your tongue a little bit before it goes out <laughs> so you would know. <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Uh, Leanne had shared such a good word on uh, Wednesday, just on family and how it take. first of all, revival is family. And it takes family to build revival. It just does. You know, I've thought about, I just appreciated Jared, and he's just such a brother to John, and it's been years of relationships. And um, thank you for thinking of him and uh, all of you. Thank you that you're just family. And uh, But it's taken years, and I thought about friends, you know, and they say if you can find one good friend, you're... You're lucky, and God's just given lots and lots of good friends. I mean, not in just word, but in deed, and in life, and doing life together, and walking life together. And life isn't easy, and to have ones in the foxholes with you and covering your back, it's just, that's that's family, and I just bless God for it. Lord, I just pray that this word, it just, it was a good word to me, and I just pray that it would be to others. I thank you for your tender care and your love for us, and the Lord, we're just, we're just your children. God, I pray that we'll find out what our tongues are, a Lord, that we'll use them for glory. God, I ask that. Just take them and use them for glory. Well, I'm going to talk a little bit about a family and um, how jealousy and just humans. I, I was talking to, oh, it was Phyllis at the nursing home and how she's doing, and we were just talking about it. And, you know, it's just constantly an upheaval there. She loves it, but it's an upheaval. And I said, Phyllis, because we're people. We're just people. And people have issues. And people have to work to get along. That's what I love in the long term. You have to work at it. It doesn't just happen. You can't just have long-term relationships. And, you know, anyway, Phyllis was saying that and how she was praying for him, and I said, you'd have that anywhere you go because it's people. And we've got to learn to love one another. And I'm working on it, you guys. I am. I, I want to I have that kind of love. Anyway. So this is about Joseph, and um, I'm starting in Genesis uh, 37, and I'm going to start out with the fact that Israel, his father, gave him a special robe. Can you imagine? Father's over all of us, but one person gets the special robe. I'm sure we'll all deal well with that. You know what? You never hear, but I've had thoughts of, I wonder if Joseph would have dealt well with that. I'm serious. To really love is to be okay when others get blessed. So Joseph gets this robe, and his brothers are really struggling because now it's he's daddy's favorite anyway. 
And so then, 37.5, one day, Joseph had a dream. <laughs> he wasn't already hated. <laughs> and when he told the dream to his brothers, they hated him even more. <laughs> My father gave me a robe, and wait till you hear what God gave me. <laughs> anyway, please listen to this dream I had. <laughs> there we were, binding sheaves in the field, harvesting, and suddenly my sheaf rose up and stood, and all your sheaves gathered around and bowed down to me. <laughs> he was just making friends with his brothers at that point. <laughs> and his brother said, are you serious? You think somehow we're destined for you to reign over us? You think you're going to be our king? And this dream and what he told them about it made them hate him even more. So hatred is growing. So Joseph has another dream. You'd think God would stop all that, wouldn't you? You know, come on, God, don't, make a, don't let a mess come here. And he had another dream, and he made the mistake of telling them about this dream too. But he also told his dad. <laughs> Listen, I've had another dream, and I saw the sun and the moon and the 11 stars bowing down to me. <laughs> and when he told this dream to his father and his brothers, even his father scolded him. What kind of dream is this? Do you actually think your mother and I and your brothers are going to bow down before you? So Joseph's brothers had become extremely jealous of him. So we know the story. He goes out into the field, and Reuben keeps him from being killed. They put him in a pit, and he sells him to the Ishmaelites, and they head to Egypt. So now Joseph's in Egypt, and he's working for Potiphar, and the favor of God is on Joseph. The Spirit of God is on Joseph. And he ends up being over all of Potiphar's um, people, but his wife, Potiphar's wife, wanted Joseph. And this is cool because Joseph stayed pure, but he ran from her and ended up in a dungeon and i'm just telling his story kind of quick but he's in the dungeon now now he was started when he was 17 and he's in the dungeon and we don't know how many years he's in the dungeon but he ends up rising up and being somewhat of a ruler in the dungeon because he carries it he carries that gift he carries that authority but he's in the in the dungeon and he's forgotten he, he interprets dreams and he's forgotten two more years he interprets the dreams of, the, of pharaohs, and he's forgotten for two more years. So he doesn't get out of the dungeon. Pharaoh finally calls him. He doesn't get out of the dungeon until he's 30 years old. Now, I want you to see something. It wasn't Joseph's dream. Pharaoh calls him. He helps Pharaoh with his dreams. He ends up being a master over uh, the famine. There's seven years of famine and seven years of plenty. But it's still not the fulfillment of Joseph's dream. Joseph's just kind of going through the motions of all of these things. And it's 22 years before Joseph gets to see his dream fulfilled. 22 years. How many of you have had a dream 22 years ago you're still remembering? If it doesn't come to pass in a year or two, you're kind of done with it, right? Must not have been God. Joseph may have thought that. I don't know. But it was 22 years. So Joseph is in the land of his affliction. That's what he called it. That's what he called Egypt. He's in the land of affliction. And God gave him children. And the first child's name 
was Manasseh. God has made me forget. Now, I want you to see something. The second child's name was Ephraim. God has made me fruitful. Both of these are the land of affliction. They are not the fulfillment of the dream right now. So God has made me forget. What is it that God did for Joseph that made him forget? After all these years of pain, after all these years of disappointment, talk about hope against hope. Talk about rise up hope. Can you imagine? He's probably singing that in the dungeon. Get your hopes up. Get your hopes up. They forgot me again. Forget your hopes. I mean, seriously. I, I, you know, I, I can't even imagine being in a dungeon like that. No family, no friends, no nothing. But now, and this, so he's in this land of affliction still, even though he's working for Pharaoh. Mercy always outweighs affliction. The weight of our trials is nothing compared to the weight of glory that rests on us when we're faithful to God. Even in the land of affliction, you can become fruitful. Even in the land of affliction, in barren and unlikely soil, God will grow the most pleasant of fruits. Some of this I'm taking from Brian Simmons' work on, uh, on uh, Joseph. Forgetfulness of past burdens leads us into fruitfulness. I want you to hear this. Forgetfulness of past burdens leads us into fruitfulness. Every single time that God has visited me with a greater move of him, I have had to let go of all that burdened me, all that I was having grudges over, all that I was looking at and had, had been igniting fires by talking about it or whatever the thing was. God could not move until the grudges are gone. Do you understand that? God cannot move for you until the grudges are gone. He cannot move for you until your heart is clear. I always thought of... Um, uh, Hudson Taylor's wife, and they had walked through so much in China, and they hadn't even wanted her to marry Hudson. And I mean, they just walked through all of these things, and they'd lost a daughter, and they and that and and her name was Maria, and she said, "I haven't had a cloud between the Lord and I for over ten years." Do you have a cloud? You know what a cloud is. It's a complaint. It's a bitterness. It's a grudge. It's something that's not right. And it's sitting right there. And you worship and it sits right there in front of you. And you worship and you try to get around it. You know, I was listening to Jen Johnson. She was sharing that her first teaching to all these, all these people with worship was about forgiveness and forgetfulness. And she said she came into leadership and this is one of the things with pastoring and leadership that's hard you come into leadership you're leading and all of a sudden people start leaving you and she said I thought we were going to be together forever and she said I began to hate them and I began to be filled with bitterness but I went out everywhere Pre uh, preaching, leading worship. Bethel was leading worship. And here this grudge and this hatred was right in front of her. 
She said, people, if we want a move of God, we've got to get rid of that. And here I was reading this about Joseph. Joseph was making a statement when he said, when he had Manasseh, that first child in that land of affliction, God has helped me forget. How many here want to just forget? Forget your past. Forget what's been wronged. Forget your wrongs. God has made me forget. That's mercy. That's grace. God has made me forget. And now, because I have no more grudges, because my heart is clear, I am not begrudged to my brothers for putting me in this prison. I am not saying I can't believe they wanted to murder me. I can't believe that happened. How many of you, if you had 10, 11 brothers put you in prison, could you forgive them? But Jesus said, if you have ought against one, it's the same. If you've got one person you're still complaining about, you've got the grudge, you've got the thing. God wants us clean and free in our hearts. If you're complaining about your husband all day long, you've got the grudge. If you're complaining about your finances, you've got the grudge. If you're complaining about your boss, you've got the grudge. Seriously. Hey, that's a good song. I saw you laughing, Brian. Oh, okay. So, so, so Josh, get rid of the grudge. Okay. <laughs> no, it's, it's true. Life is full of the grudge. Newspapers are full of the grudge. Everything in our nation needs to get free of this so that we can have revival and a move of God. When I had a huge move of God a couple of years ago, it was because the Lord said, you're burdened down by things of the church, and I want you to let them all go. And when I did, the Father's love just went woof. I'm going to tell you, Joseph felt the grace and mercy of God to say, God has made me forget in the land of my affliction. I don't remember. I don't have grudges against anybody. Nothing in my past. Nothing with my family. Nothing with anybody. Nothing. Nothing. You know what? It's not okay. It's not okay for one. It's not okay. God wants us free. And Joseph was free. So what did God do when Joseph got free after he had had Manasseh? He had Ephraim. And it said, now God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. This is God's order. Manasseh, ask God for the grace to forget. I've heard so many times, oh, I forgive you, but I can't ever forget. No, you didn't forgive. You didn't there comes a place. Forget it. It's not worth it. Do you realize how much is not worth it? As you get older, you're going, what in the world was all that about? It's not even worth it. It wasn't worth it. Jesus already knows it's not worth it. What if when you are with your husband, you don't hold things against him? You are with your wife and you don't hold things against her. What if you don't hold things against your parents? I'll tell you what, we're in a generation. We are in a generation that hates the older generation. So what, you didn't have perfect parents. Nobody did, and you aren't either. Ha! We aren't. It's true. How can you have honor if you're looking for perfection? You might as well go out of the world because it isn't going to happen. 
You need to appreciate. I'll tell you what, this has got to happen for this movement. There has got to be an appreciation for the older generation. And there's got to be an appreciation for the younger generation. And there has got to be this end of feuds and severing and this junk that's happened. You got problems with your parents, make them right. Go do it. They might pass away on you and not have a chance. I have prayed with people that that's happened. And they never got a chance to say, I'm sorry. It wasn't worth it, Dad. It wasn't worth it, Mom. You know what? If there's problems with you and your family, look at yourself. If you're always pointing at a grudge, it's you. Get rid of it. You guys, I'm serious. If we're going to be in a move of God, we've got to be free of this. All of us. None of us can stay in this place. Not a one of us. Not a one of us. He won't let me, and he's not going to let you. And your marriages will never last if you've got something against each other. They won't. It's time. This is what happened with Joseph. He got free. He said, God came, and he made me forget. And I didn't forget any of the years, 22 of them, that I was separated from my family. And I loved my brothers. Even though they tried to kill me, I loved them. How many of you have been someone tried to kill you? I'm going to tell you, forgive them. Forgive them. Who cares? God's the one that will take care. Joseph na named the firstborn Manasseh because he said, God has made me forget all about my hardship and all the hurt with my family. All of it. You know what? Joseph had to be a ready vessel to have it happen. You can't have it happen if you don't let it happen. If you've still got a reason, yeah, but you don't know, you got a grudge. Let it go. The second son he named Ephraim because he said, God has made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. God granted me the kingdom in the land of my affliction. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. Jesus was given the kingdom in the land of his affliction. I was just writing all the times that Jesus was hated and cast out by his family and everyone else. The the Pharisees, the Sadducees, his stories are who all came against him. It just, it, it, they just are. And he said, Father, forgive them. Do you know the other one that said that? I thought this looked cool, Stephen. We named John the Beloved after John the Beloved and Stephen. Stephen said, Father, forgive them before he died. Father, forgive them because Stephen already had and then Jesus said, all authority, this is the key to revival, you guys, all authority of heaven has been given to me because I forgive. I hold no grudges. I am not going to be one of them. I choose. And it is a choice. Instead of seeking revenge towards our brothers or situations that have harmed us, we must give birth to a Manasseh and say, God has made me forget. I have to tell you what, forgetfulness is good. Not the kind when you get old and can't find your glasses. I'm not talking that kind. I'm talking about when people say, I'm sorry I did that to you, and you say, I don't even remember it. I don't know what you're talking about. To call affliction, to call your afflictions blessings, which is what Joseph did, is to become fruitful.
every affliction you have right now, every trial you have, start calling it a blessing. It's enlarging you. (laughs) Call it a blessing. Call it a blessing. And it will enlarge your heart. And you'll become fruitful. And you'll give birth to an Ephraim. In all of these things, we give glory and acknowledge that this is the work of God. So now Joseph's dream is fulfilled. This is Joseph's dream. That he would see all of them bow down. And Joseph, let me see if I can find the place where I had. Oh. Joseph's dreams fulfilled. It'll take famine to restore and reconcile the family of God. It'll take famine. I believe it's like the prodigal son, and I believe the prodigal son story is the church. I really do. I think we're both the sons of the church. And the first son said, I want everything. I don't really want to listen to you, and I'm leaving. And the second son stayed and worked hard but he was full of grudges and when the second the first son came home he couldn't embrace him he had grudges against him and guess what he couldn't go into the house either he was not fruitful in the land of having to stay there he said father i've worked all these years for you i've done all this and you've never even given me a goat You gave him a fatted calf, and you've never given me a goat. And do you know what the father said? Everything I have is yours. He was in the land of affliction right at home. He did not know that everything God had was already his. You didn't have to beg me, son. I'd have given you 50 fatted calves. Everything I have is yours. God, take the land of affliction out of our spirits. Take it out of us. But it will take a famine to restore and reconcile the family of God. Joseph's family and our family will go through a famine in order to bring them into sweet unity again. And this was, this was from um, Brian Simmons. He said, it's going to take a famine to bring the church into unity. You know, the church came into unity down in Texas when all those hurricanes happened. And they all started working. First they started accusing, I think it was Joel Olstein's church. And he was just waiting for the right time to help. But the accusations started. But then they all got in there and rolled their sleeves up. Billy Graham Association. All of the churches began to help when Houston was in that place. It took famine to bring the unity. I don't want famine to have to happen in my life to bring the sweet unity. But it took famine. God orchestrated it so that Joseph would be in a place high up. Joseph would be in a place of favor now. And famine forced his family to come see him. Famine. They didn't know it. They weren't the prodigal son coming home. They didn't even know it was Joseph. And they came. And Joseph said, where do you come from? They said, we come from the land of Canaan to buy food. 
And although Joseph recognized them, they did not recognize him. He remembered the dreams. Remember, it's 22 years now. He had as a young man regarding his brothers. He found out that there was only 10 of them there because they ended up, he was accusing them, and he was accusing them because he wanted the full truth. He wanted to see their hearts and where they were at. And they said, no, there are 12 brothers. We are 12 brothers, the sons of one man in the land of Canaan. The youngest, however, is with our father back home, and one brother is no more. So they were honest, and Joseph tested them. Do you know that God tests us? Every word of God tests you. When God speaks to you, that word is tested. Proverbs, or Psalm 12, 6 says, for every word of God speaks is sure. It's a, you're, you were being tested, Lonnie, with your dream. Every word that God speaks is sure, and every promise pure. His truth is tested, found to be flawless and ever faithful. It's, a pure, it's as pure as silver refined seven times in a crucible of clay. It's our hearts. You guys, we need the fires we're going through. Our hearts need the refining. They need the refining so we have no grudges, so we become the lovers we're supposed to be. The fire of testing purifies us as vessels to carry the word of God within our hearts. Do you know it's not popular, but when you come to Christ, you're going to come to fire because he's going to refine you. Yes, we have the very nature of Christ within us, but it has to be tested and refined. I always think of the song, golly, Andrew was a little tiny baby. I was holding him, and the Lord gave me this scripture, and we wrote this song out, I will bring you through the fire. It was only a third of them. I'll bring you through the fire. I'll refine you as silver, and I'll try you as gold. The word will be tried in you, and I will say, you're my people, and you will say, the Lord is our God. Nothing in between the Lord and I. The Lord is our God. How did that happen? Do you honestly think you get born again and that happens? The word of God is going to test you. Joseph was a good man. There was nothing wrong with Joseph. Why did he get tested? Because the word of God was testing him. Psalm said the word of God tested Joseph, tested his very soul. If you love Jesus, you're going to say, all-consuming fire, you're my heart's desire. You're my heart's desire. I want to see God. I want you more. And your word is going to be tested in me. Anyway, so they get tested. They get sent back. And now they come back. see if I can get to the place where they came back. <laughs> Sorry. I didn't write in this. I should have. Because I want to read this one scripture. Jacob has died now. They got tested. 
found out he was his brothers. He forgave them. They live in the land of Goshen. They tell Israel. Israel knows all they've done now. But now Israel has died. And they're at this place of mourning. And it says Jacob's sons carried out his last instructions as he had told them and took them to the land of Canaan. But when Joseph's brothers began to realize the implications of their father's death, they began to worry. What if Joseph bears a grudge in some way against us? What if Joseph still remembers and decides to pay us back in full for all of the wrong we did to him? Joseph's brother's message. Your father gave us this instruction before he died. Not. (laughs) But uh, Joseph, you need to hear this. This is what dad said, and I want you to hear it. (laughs) He told us to say to you, please, I beg you, forgive the crime of your brothers and the sins they committed against you. They were so wrong to treat you so badly. So please do what your father asked and forgive the crime that we, the servants of of the God of your father, committed against you. And then they said, okay, Joseph, look. He probably didn't say anything. He's probably shocked. We're your slaves. We're just going to bow down and we're going to be your slaves the rest of your life, Joseph. Just forgive us. And Joseph said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. You're my brothers. Am I to judge you? It's not my place. Even though you meant it for evil against me. He didn't, he didn't take that away. You, you intended to harm me. God intended it only for good. And through me, he preserved the lives of countless people as he's still doing today. So don't worry, brothers. I have no grudge. God meant it for good. I'll provide for you myself. That's what he said. I will provide for you myself. You're my brothers. You're my family. So don't worry. You and your children, they will always be loved by me. That's a picture of the body of Christ. He wants us to be Joseph's. He wants us to carry nothing except riches so we can help our brothers and our sisters. I love that Jared had a heart for John. I mean, it just, I just, it makes me cry. I love when Ron had that cancer that you guys give us that offering and took care of us. We have been so cared for by all of you. I love you, and I believe you love me. I fail you. I, you know, the Lord told me something about failure. You want to hear it? He said, I don't want to hear that anymore. He said, you haven't failed me. And I'm like, Lord, I'm not a good organizer. I don't know if everybody feels love. Uh, you know, whatever. Anybody? I'm not the best parent. I tried. Uh, you know, anybody? Okay. He said, that's not true. You've always loved me more than anything. And your heart is mine. 
and I see everything you've done as success. It's the same for you all. Everything you've done is success in the eyes of the Lord when you love him. And I'm telling you, the only thing he said in the Lord's prayer besides kingdom come was forgive as you've been forgiven. Lord, the, the church needs forgiveness, so we will forgive. That we won't be pronouncing judgments on, I hope, hope it burns out in California. The church talking like that. What? We should be caring. Thank you for listening to this message. Yeah.